Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. Tonight, local leaders are speaking out against Better Together's proposal to merge St. Louis City and St. Louis County. But first, we go one-on-one -on -one with Reverend Tracy Blackman, Executive Minister of Justice and Witness Ministries of the United Church of Christ, Senior Pastor of Christ the King United Church of Christ in Florissant, and one of the most powerful voices on the international stage. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Let's start the conversation about your travels. You <laughs> travel a lot. I do. Speaking around the world. I do. What's the message? A message of hope, a message of love, a message of unity. Um, this really started for me in this way after the killing of Michael Brown Jr. Uh, from some of the interviews I did here, it just continued. And then I received a position with my national uh, denomination. And so I speak. Uh, as a part of ministry. Uh, I believe there are many front lines in justice work and I've always done this kind of work even prior to 2014, um, but this has propelled me to a different level. And my front line is the church. And so I spend most of my time reconciling what it means to be a faithful disciple in terms of justice work and social justice. And there really isn't any existential distance between social justice and discipleship. For when you talk about justice, you're talking about living in ways that Jesus lived. And so that's what I go around speaking about, encouraging people, trying to encourage dialogue across differences and reminding people that there is always hope as long as there are people who are willing to fight. Wow. You were very vocal, very much so out front during the protests that followed the shooting of Michael Brown. How did that situation change you? How did that experience impact you? You know, I look back now and see that vocal and out front piece. Um, I didn't really experience it that way. And I certainly, uh, there were lots of people out front, right? Um, but again, I knew what my niche was. And my niche was the church. Um, in addition to seeing the impact of the, in my opinion, unjust killing of Michael Brown uh, and the trauma and the grief that came from those who witnessed uh, not just the killing, but the aftermath of that with law enforcement, um, various other killings that happened in St. Louis, very close to that. What I knew was that this pain was not just from one moment, but it was the culmination of pain that had been building up through the years and perhaps even through generations. And I knew that the church was also complicit um, in some of that pain for our young black people in the streets. 
Um, what changed about me was the way I listened, uh, the way I listened to young people, the way I listened to people who were at the center of that pain, um, and try to not speak for them, but to create space for them to speak for themselves, and they do that quite well. Is the pain still there? Absolutely. The pain is still there, the trauma is still there, and the injury, injuring um, is still happening. I mean, I don't know what your days are like, they're just as busy as mine, but yesterday I was in St. Louis, I spent most of the day watching the hearings, the Cohen hearings, and um, found myself deeply troubled um, and re-traumatized by this blatant um, display of what I call white supremacy um, in its unabashed form. Um, you know, it's not that you don't know those things, but when you see it up close and personal in that way, when you recognize that there are people for whom the law really does not apply, and I don't just mean the President of the United States, I mean the collective community for which the laws are different and the ways that we get to move about in society are different and the assumptions that are made are different. Uh, it grieves me deeply. It's still going on, yes. Yeah. So you visited with Pope Francis. I did. You had an audience with Pope Francis, the Pope. I did, and I'm not even Catholic. I know, the Pope. I know. What was that experience like for you? You know, I was surprised um, by my awe of that moment because I'm not Catholic. And I'd always said, you know, while I admire Pope Francis for some of the things he's done, I want him to do a little bit more, but I admire what he's done. Um, that, you know, he's a man, I'm a woman, and it won't be a big deal. But there's something about being in the Vatican, uh, something about the spirit that is in that place, something about his demeanor that is genuine. He is a kind and gentle man. Uh, he hasn't gotten everything right, um, and he certainly has a lot of work to do, as we all do. But his spirit that I felt was very kind and gentle. So you connected uh, with him on that level? I did, I did. I actually have pictures of us laughing together. <laughs> yeah. Wait, people did said, you tell a joke well, or what was that about? <laughs> how, um, you know, I. It wasn't a joke for me, but it was a joke for him. So when I, I met him, I said, you know, Pope Francis, I said, I am not Catholic. I've never been Catholic. I'm a preacher, so that wouldn't work anyway. <laughs> but somehow you've managed to become my favorite Pope. And he just started to laugh. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. But yes. Um, yes. Also and, appointed by President Barack Obama. What did you do and how did that come about? And what was your role? I mean, so many questions around that. Well, I served on his faith advisory committee. Um, and I don't know how that came about. I don't know how people get to know your name. Right. I don't know how you called me, Shirley. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know those phone. things. Um, <laughs> right. But I tell you, being on the advisory committee was, was indeed a gift. And I got to meet so many other faith leaders who were doing this work. Um, and that grew me and grew my network. But my most significant encounter with President Obama for me was when I was invited one year to the Black History um, gatherings that they have. And I was broke. I mean, contrary to some people's opinions, <laughs> I was broke. And I wasn't gonna go because I was like, I have too much to do. 
I can't afford this trip right now because they invite you, but they don't pay for right. you to come, right? <laughs> and my, my children needed things. I said, right. I can't do it. And then I thought about my mom. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. And I said, when would she get the chance to do this? And she was so proud of uh, our black president. And so I called her and I said, Mom, you get to make a decision. I have this invitation and if you want to go, I'll go. And I, yes, I want to go. Aww. So now I have to figure out how to get her there right. and get and me you. there. <laughs> and I am a genius at those things. So I had uh, worked the airlines in such a way that I could fly her there, fly me there. Awesome. We'd meet and get in a taxi. We'd go straight to the event and then get in a taxi, go back to the airport. <laughs> so I did not have to pay for right. a hotel. Um, and two days before the event, I got a call from the White House. And they said, we see that you are SVP, that you're coming. And we would like for you to come early. I was like, early? I can't do early, right? right, right? right. <laughs> um, and so I say to them on the phone, I'm sorry, I'm booked. I cannot do it. And the phone goes quiet because it's, the White House, right? And they're like, do you she understand? She said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, I'm positive, I can't do it. Um, and a couple of hours later, they called back and said, we really would like for you to come to the White House at eight in the morning instead of at the noon. I said, I just really can't do it. I didn't want to tell them why, right? And she hung, hangs up hesitantly. And then I'll tell you about 10 o'clock that night, someone else called. This time it was a sister, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't know what you have going on in your life, <laughs> but I suggest you try to get to the White House at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and she still didn't tell me what was right. happening. I said, okay, okay, I'm going right. to make it work. And so I bit the bullet and right. uh, changed the flights and booked a hotel so I could be there. And so 8 that morning, I show up. I tell my mom, you catch a cab because for some reason I need to go early. And I get there and they put me in a holding room and other people start to come in. People that I know but don't know me. You know, Mark Morial and Al Sharpton and um, Cornell Brooks and everyone who came in represented thousands of people, right? And I said, what is going on here? I still didn't know. No one was telling me. There were only about three women. And they were all chatting because they all know each other. And then we were escorted into this big room and I get into the room and there's a square and I notice all of these name tags and I see, you know, the head of the labor union, the head of this federation and, and then I see my name at this and all it says is Christ the King. I wasn't working for my denomination at that time. Um, it just had my name in Christ the King. There was only one other pastor with just a name uh, there and that was uh, Raphael Warnock and he's the pastor of Ebenezer so um, that's a little different and the, t the head table which was directly in front of me had the name tags of the senior staff of the White House uh, Valerie Jarrett the, the um, head of transportation they were all there and the middle chair had no name tag but it had all the mics in that moment, I knew that it was the president that was coming. Um, and I began to cry. And I asked God in my way, I do that in my spirit, what am I doing in this room? Just like you asked me, 
how did I get in this room? And I heard the Spirit say, you're here that they might know that I'm God, right? Because um, there's no other way you could have gotten in here. And the president comes in and he greets everyone and we sit down and so I'm sitting directly across from him and everyone's trying to speak and he's rolling up his sleeves to indicate he'll be there a while. And he says, I'm gonna be with you until it's time for the event. I'm gonna be with you. There were 15 of us. And he said, I know you all wanna to talk to me um, and maybe we'll get to everyone. He said, but there are four people I wanna hear from. And he said, I want to hear from Al Sharpton. I want to hear from Cornell Brooks. I want to hear from Mark Morial. And I want to hear from Tracy Blackman. And my face did what your face did. <laughs> did your heart just stop? Yes, because I had no idea. Um, I had not planned. Um, and I often don't plan. Whatever I, whatever's on my heart, I just say it. Um, but that is the moment that sticks out for me that conversation with him. Yeah, well, we thank you so much for what yeah. you do and what you're doing, your activism, your, your fight for social justice and walking in your faith and telling your oh, truth. Thank you. And thank you for being here. Thank you. All right, bye -bye. thank you. Stay with us when we come back. We're going to hear from some people who are speaking out against Better Together's recommendation to merge St. Louis City and St. Louis County. Stay with us, back in a moment. Joining me now, Mayor Patrick Green of Normandy, Mayor James McGee of Benita Park, and Chris Craymeyer, President and CEO of Beyond Housing. Thank you all so much for being here. Let's talk about the study. What was your first reaction when you learned about it, Chris? Uh, well, look, we're, we're pleased that Better Together helped start a conversation in the region, right? I mean, they've been talking in the same vein for a number of years now, so it wasn't a big surprise in terms of some of the recommendations. But, but for us in the 24-1 community, which is all the municipalities and the boundaries of the Normandy Schools Collaborative, we've been doing this work for 10 years. We've been you know, looking at consolidation and collaboration. We've been looking at how police departments work together. We've been looking at how cities work together. And we've been looking about how do we bring economic development and improve education communities. So we've been doing the work and we're glad this conversation started. And quite frankly, we'd like to you know, elevate the work that we've been doing as what we think is another option in terms of how does the region move forward and more important, how do we live together? And how do we have that conversation, have a real conversation where everybody gets to be at the table? Yeah. Mayor Green, what, is, what are your biggest concerns in regards to the study? History doesn't serve us well, um, particularly in African-American community, when it comes to these grandiose plans. Um, it doesn't serve us well by playing out to the benefit of the African-American community. Um, I don't believe uh, that um, 30 to 35% of the population will uh, get its rightful due when it comes to those services and how they're distributed and uh, the outcomes of those services to them. Mayor McGee, your concerns, sir? My concerns about communication, education, and transparency. Uh, we done went through the process, but no one came to us and asked us not one uh, question about merger. Uh, we were the first merger in St. Louis County, in the history of St. Louis County, the merge Benita Terrace with Benita Park. There's a lot of moving parts to it, but if you don't educate your people, uh, communicate with them, and then be transparent with them, you're gonna have a problem. If you had had that opportunity to speak with them, what would you have told them? I just told them there's a lot of working parts to it. 
um, you, first of all, your community have to agree to it and um, both community agree and keep it local because it's going to affect the local um, residents. Uh, if they'd have contacted us, we'd have let them know if you keep this local, um, you know, and then you can talk to the resident and find out how it will affect them. So what, what, what's really happened, Shirley, is that for the last 10 years, so Mayor McGee mentioned the merger, right? So there's only been one merger in St. Louis County history, and that's because, um, again, what's happened in 2401, which is folks talking and working together. Uh, Mayor Green has the second merger that's going to be coming down the pike here very soon. Their two police departments serve 14 different communities um, in the 2401 footprint. We have two court hubs that we participate in that serve 14 different courts, right? So we're proving that from, from community-led voices, from yeah, the right. folks who live here, pay their taxes, we can have change, right? We, and we've shown that it can indeed happen, right? Part of the concern through Better Together is policing and courts, right? So both their police departments are accredited, right? We got a, a report from, the, um, from someone who oversees the courts in St. Louis County that says there's great stuff happening in St. Louis County, right? There's collaboration, there's consolidation, and the courts are operating the way that they should. So again, a lot of the challenges that were very legitimate and real, we've been addressing for the last decade prior to the Ferguson report, prior to any of that, we've been working on that. And our hope is to show that there is another way to do this, to get to a better way that again, we provide services to residents who live in our community. And quite frankly, how do we live together, right? Isn't that a better conversation to determine how do you want to live together and then let's form the kind of government we think will best serve us as a region. So have you had an opportunity, Chris, to talk with anyone at Better Together about this plan? I've, I've not been, no, no, one, no one's no contacted one. me. I, and I know there's town hall meetings and folks will say, well, you could have gone to the town hall meeting and raised your hand like everyone else and, and you certainly could have. But at the end of the day, we've been doing this for 10 years, right? This is not a big, big total secret here in the St. Louis. So region. what's the plan moving forward for you guys, especially since you are against this project and against this plan? Uh, the, the thing about it is working together, making sure that we continue to work together on a volunteer basis, make sure our residents get the best. We believe in strong communities, engaging uh, families, and successful children. So when you look at the goal, what make up a strong community? Economic development, infrastructure, making sure our young people have jobs. And when they get jobs, then crime decrease. So if, yeah, so, go so, ahead, so, so one of the things that we've talked about too is the idea of the Board of Freeholders, which already exists. Right. Right, there's a structure in place to, to, to do this, right? So again, the St. Louis uh, County Municipal League and others saying, let's have a real Board of Freeholders, let's have that conversation. And again, I know folks that better together think we need to do something bigger and larger and we have to go out to the rest of the state um, to, to again have this conversation and again I think this idea of disenfranchisement is a real concern for folks in the 24-1 community and, and all throughout St. Louis County, right? People are deciding what, what form of government they have if you live in Joplin and Springfield and Cape Girardeau and I don't think they would like us to come to their communities and, and say, oh, we're going we're gonna to show you how you have to run your government and how, how your taxpayer dollars get spent. And, and I'll say that, you know, the purpose of 89 municipalities goes back to 50 states in the country. We're diversified as a country. That defines us as a democracy. I, I said to Chris and uh, my, you know, counterpart, Mayor McGee, that we, we wouldn't choose to have five banks run our national GDP. We prefer to have 25 to diversify in case... Um, this is a normal concept in democracy. To take a risk, um, to throw us under one government, when we've already created and established over many, many years solid policies and practices, and are, as Chris, Mayor McGee have indicated, we 
have clear paths to improve upon those and achieve, likes it even more efficiency, there is a risk, a high risk, when you take that and dismantle all that for something shiny and new. Look at it, and, and, and we're tackling public education, right? right. And I know the, 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 the Better Together plan just kind of says that we can't touch that. Well, that's at the heart of our work as well, right? As again, how do the communities, how does, how does the, ele the elected leadership and how do not-for-profits support our local school district, right? Because right? Right. if our kids do well, if we take care of our kids, the schools get better, if the schools get better, the community gets better, the property values go up, the tax base gets stronger, and we all win. And again, for a region, that's what we'd like to see happen, right? right. Let's tackle the big things, do it together, recognize Right. that no we're not going to do it the way that that's happening today the, these mayors and others have shown that they're willing to change and to evolve and let's say how can we best serve our residents how are we willing to look at what we do in different ways right. and, and, and because of uh, bigger government that don't make it a better government. government because you have to understand smaller government you build relationship with your residents bigger government you're not going to build that relationship police department they do community policing they know the resident by first name know the dogs, the cats, so and every child in that resident, they know the cars that parked in the driveway. Are they going to get that same type of service? Are they going to get that personal service that if a resident can't sleep, they can call the police and the police can come by there and sit with them till they go to sleep? We done had that to happen. Can they pick up their phone and call their mayor, their order person to get there, something done? There you go. And that's All of that we think we'll lose with big government. Right. So that's a concern with not only uh, our resident, our business uh, people also, because they built personal relationship with our young people. Just last year, we took about seven or eight young people to Washington, D.C. Right. to get that exposure with our young people. This year, I think we're taking them to Alabama, I to think Birmingham, it is. Alabama to, um, uh, to, the, to the new uh, Civil Rights Museum there, which right. is just so un 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 yes. powerful. So you look at all of the small government together and working together, you get things accomplished and you work together and, and you can move your city forward because the only time we look down on a city is when we try to help one up. And, and I'm really afraid that someone's screaming fire and, and creating panic. Instead, as Chris said, you know, let's really start to look at what is good about small government. We, like anything, nothing is perfect. We as mayors agree there, there are problems. But we clearly also have defined the solutions. We need partners. We need partners that are willing to come to us and ask. We've been reaching out. We, we've said, hey, we're here, we're here, we're here, as Horton hears a who. And in many cases, we've been ignored. Um, if that is what is being done to us, and we are citizens of our community, then what will be done to our citizens who are not elected officials? There's a big concern, and you know, in this picture, it just right now, it doesn't look right. It, 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 it sends a bad message and it discludes in the end the very citizens that make up this constitution, make up this state, this city, and particularly the ones who elected them, them as leaders, us as leaders, to partner together. We have not been asked to partner. Right, and the other concern that I have is um when we did our merger, we kept it local. We didn't go whole St. Louis County. We kept it between Bonita exactly. Terrace and Bonita exactly. Park. So when you keep it local, local. That, then you have a local voice. But if you send it statewide, uh, those people in Kansas City don't care what St. Louis County does. Uh, Shirley, this community has, has exhibited 
this willingness to say, look, we know, we know we're not going to go back to yesterday. We're willing to evolve and to change and to grow. Right? And again, what, what the mayors are, are expressing is a willingness to continue to evolve and change because, because how they do things today, it's going to be different somewhere down yes, the road. Right? Exactly. There, there, will there be fewer municipalities? Yes, there will. will if be. there's an, another merger that's coming, will there right. be fewer, fewer police departments? Yeah. Probably yes. so. Right? But it's gonna, it should be determined by folks who live in community, who again pay their taxes, taxes. who are constituents, who yes. it impacts their day-to-day -day lives. lives. And again, we've proven over the last 10 years that it can work. Does it move unbelievably quickly? No. And quite frankly, should it? I don't right. think so, right? Again, the idea of representative democracy exactly. is there's a process and you have voice and you, may, and you make decisions in your own best interest. And if you're on the wrong side of that vote, right, that you yes. can participate in, then you live with the consequences. And again, the folks in Vita Park said, and Vita Terrace, we want to merge. The folks in Normandy are going to get the chance to say, do you want to merge with Glen Echo Park? Right. Yes or no. And they get to decide what happens, what form of government, and where their tax dollars go. And again, we think that that's a much better way to come to this in the region and then say, oh, by the way, let's talk about economic development. Let's talk about public education. Let's yes. talk about the health and well-being of our families. Let's figure out as a region, how do we do this together and how do we care for each other and say, how do we build a stronger community by recognizing the strengths that we have and not saying we want to blow everything up. And again, not Start listen to over. everybody's yeah. voice. Let's yeah. talk to each other about how we make this region yes. the best it can be. Yeah. Thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Better Together is hosting its first town hall Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock at Greater St. Mark Family Church. The public is invited to attend. And that is it for this edition of The Pulse of St. Louis. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you next time.